the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tired of the negative news and flashover substance? It's time for Today with Dr. Wendy. Dr. Wendy Patrick is a trial attorney, patriot, and Ph.D. with a passion for people and a penchant for politics. Dr. Wendy brings you the headlines, streamlined, news you can use. It's time to be informed, engaged, and entertained. Now, here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Good evening and welcome to another edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. We hope you've had a wonderful week. It certainly has been a, a week full of news. We, I know we say this every weekend, but there's just so much going on that sometimes we try to choose stories that have both a hard-hitting component and also a light side as well. And we try to do the same thing with our guests. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. Larry, who do we have on the line? Brigitte Gabriel is a national security analyst the New York Times bestselling author and chairman of Act for America with the website actforamerica.org. Her latest bestseller is called Rise, and we're so privileged to have her on the show today. Thank you for coming on our program, Brigitte. Uh, Thank you. I'm delighted to be with you. Brigitte, I understand that Hezbollah has at least 150,000 missiles directed at Israel, spread at 40 towns in southern Lebanon that can reach all of Israel. Almost every home built in Shiite towns in southern Lebanon since 2006 has one room with a retractable ceiling for rocket launching. There are weapon depots are based under hospitals and schools. So my question is, if Hezbollah fully enters the war, What problems will this create for Israel and the United States? That's going to create a major problem for Israel, especially Israel, uh, much more than the United States, because they are very two different uh, situations. But for Israel, the problem is that Hezbollah can overwhelm the Iron Dome. While the Iron Dome can intercept some bombs, if it rains bombed in the mass scale that Hezbollah can unleash, the Iron Dome will not be able to intercept every single bomb, and that will cause a lot of human casualties. And that's exactly why Israel is evacuating right now Kiryat Shmona, Metula, Fula, Mizgavam, all these northern towns, because they know that not only Hezbollah is able to rain bombs on these towns, in particular with their short-term uh, range uh, missiles, but also because of the tunnel system that has been dug up under uh, between Lebanon and Israel. We know that Israel have already shot and killed three Hezbollah members who were already infiltrating into Israel. Israel, that Israel uh, shot them down. So that's the danger. Hezbollah, while well, Hamas is a terrorist organization and Hamas makes their own bombs in Gaza, Hamas is not as organized as Hezbollah. Hezbollah is, is basically a military. They have structure. They have hierarchy. They are very well trained. They have strategy. They have planned. It operates like an army, like a very organized and structured army funded by Iran. And that's where the danger comes. 
one more thing you asked about the danger to America that this poses to America. Hezbollah has um, uh, war, war um, um, missiles, uh, anti-warship missiles that can actually be launched from Lebanon attacking our ships in the Mediterranean. We know that our ships right now are there uh, hoping to deter, uh, um, you know, the, the, the war from spreading in the Middle East. Uh, but Hezbollah has anti-warship missiles that can detonate against our ships as well as drones that can carry munition and drop munition. And that's where the danger lies. Well, for our listeners that may not know, the difference between Hamas is based basically in the Gaza Strip, that's my understanding, but Hezbollah is based in Lebanon, is that correct? Correct. Okay. It is Hezbollah. Just to show you how they work together. So Hezbollah in Lebanon is Shia, and Hamas in Gaza is Sunni. And, you know, usually you hear people say, oh, you know, but, but, but they fight each other. You know, they cannot agree together. This is the perfect example of how the enemies of Israel can put their differences aside, and the Shiites and the Sunnis can come together and work together to fight the same enemy. I just understand that Hezbollah has recently released a video showing their capability to strike American aircraft carriers and warships. Is that true? And that's just one more level of concern that we should have, I believe. Uh, yes, correct. They did. They, they were showing the weapons that they have, basically flexing their muscles, showing America that, yes, you can bring your ships to the Mediterranean, but we are ready to strike as well. And so, you know, they released their videos showing, you know, them, them launching the rockets and showing the American ships in the Mediterranean. Look, they feel very empowered now. I mean, they feel very empowered. And Hezbollah has weapons uh, supplied to them uh, from China, from North Korea, from Russia from Iran. So we are seeing actually some of these weapons also in the hands of Hamas, supplied by all these different countries. Uh, but Hezbollah poses a problem because also they're getting these weapons via Syria. And that's why Israel bombed the airports in Syria a few days ago and bombed the Aleppo airport, bombed seven trucks that were carrying weapons from Syria into Lebanon, supplied by Iran. That's how Iran gets weapons to Hezbollah in Lebanon. Uh, but this is why this is so different than any other war because it could truly it could truly drag the whole world into World War Three. Yes, and I understand it. I think you've already said this that basically Hezbollah gets their weapons from Iran, even Russia, North Korea, and China. Is that accurate? Yes. I know that Hezbollah's anti-ship missile capabilities pose a major danger to American ships in the Mediterranean and that they have those drones capable of dropping munitions supplied by Iran, which could uh, play a major role if they get into the fight. Uh, will this cause problems for Israel as well as America? Look, Israel is already facing war right now on three fronts. I mean, they already have now the fighting going on on the southern uh, part of Israel with Gaza, on the north with Hezbollah, and they just started today also another front in the West Bank. So you are seeing three fronts against Israel right now. Uh, Israel is in a war that it has never experienced before, uh, especially when they go with the ground invasion into Gaza. They're going to be fighting something that very few countries 
countries in, in the world in recent history have experienced. I mean, the closest thing to this would be Fallujah in Iraq, where the Americans went into Fallujah. But Fallujah is not like Gaza. Gaza is much more condensed. Uh, so the Israelis are going to be walking into a very hostile territory, fighting a war above ground as well as underground because of the Hamas, uh, the Hamas tunnel system in, in Gaza. And this is unprecedented. Unprecedented. I mean, not even in World War II they had to fight anything like this. So it's going to be a long war. It's going to be a slow war. And it's going to be a war that will engage the whole world. I mean, just look at the demonstrations today happening all over the world, from Indonesia to New York, uh, from London to Jordan, all over the world. I mean, they are taking to the streets uh, because this, the emotions are engaged on the part of the Palestinians and the Muslims who sympathize with the Palestinians worldwide. I think it's a lot of this war is informational, right? So they put out their propaganda saying that, for example, Israel bombed that hospital that killed so many, and yet all the intelligence points out that it was a, a misfire of, of a rocket from the uh, Gaza Strip that caused that damage. So it's an informational war, which is huge, right? It is an information war. And look, you know, on the Palestinian side, on the leftist side, it's like I've already, you know, made up my mind. Don't confuse me with the facts. And that's why they don't care about the facts. So when you look at Rashida Tlaib, our member of Congress, who did her press conference and is continuing to perpetuate the lie that it was an Israeli bomb that bombed the hospital, she doesn't care about the facts. The facts don't matter. The facts are irrelevant when it comes to driving public opinion. And despite the fact, that the media said, even our own intelligence said this is not an Israeli uh, bombing. This has actually happened uh, uh, by uh, the Islamic Jihad. And even the Israelis released an audio that was intercepted, a conversation between two members of the Palestinians speaking in Arabic about how it was a misfired bomb that landed on the hospital. The world still does not accept that. I, I just hope and pray that the United States continues to stand behind Israel. And one thing that really uh, that I've noticed is how so many of our universities here in the United States seem to be turning out students that are pro-Palestinian. Yeah, it, it, it's so unfortunate what's happening at our universities. You know, our universities have become, became, you know, what I call occupied territories. They have became uh, the incubators of diversity, equity, and inclusion, which is sweeping the country right now, especially on the leftist side, especially by 80% of Jewish students. Look, it's 80% of Jewish money that funds these universities. Uh, the reality is they are so far to the left that they did not realize that the monster they are feeding is going to turn against them. So while they try to say that we are inclusive and we love everybody and we are all for diversity, they are realizing that all these people that have been imported into the universities, when push comes to shove, they look at uh, Jewish students as basically white supremacists. They look at them as white privileged kids and that the Palestinians are the underdog and everybody is shunning the Jewish students and everybody's coming out for the Palestinian underdog. Yeah. Uh, but this is also why um, we are working now with members of Congress in uh, introducing legislation that will put a cap also on the acceptance of foreign students by these universities. Most people oh, don't realize... Bridget, we're getting a little short of time. You're involved in so many amazing causes. Is that the best place to go if they want to connect with your group? 
Yes, actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org. Please go sign our petition and take action and become involved. Thank you very much. And to our listeners, don't touch that dial because we have a very special second half coming up. You don't want to miss this. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy, and we will be back in a flash. News cycle lowlights have no place here. You're listening to the headline highlights on Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. It's time for more news you can use. The headlines streamline. It's time for more Today with Dr. Wendy. Now here's your host, Dr. Wendy Patrick. Welcome back to Today with Dr. Wendy. I'm Wendy Patrick, and I want to welcome you to our official Halloween edition of Today with Dr. Wendy. So this is in the tradition of putting a little bit of a silver lining on the weekend. Is It is true there is a lot going out in the world, and our hearts go out to uh, populations in so many different areas that are facing so many challenges. But I also know that parents, as well as children, are looking forward to a tried and true day of celebration that's coming up very quickly. So we want to talk a little bit about um, a happy subject, which is gearing up for Halloween. So let's try to go on our diets now so we can enjoy ourselves on Tuesday. Um, Larry, I understand you know a little bit about some fun Halloween traditions. What do you got going on on that front? Oh, yeah, you're yeah, right. It's uh, Well, Halloween is, goes way back. Uh, over 2,000 years ago, a pre-Christian Celtic festival called Samhain, which means summer's end, it was held in the beginning of November. The feast recognized the last day of the fall harvest and spirits crossing over since they believed the veil between living and the living and spirit world grew thinnest at that time. Uh, people in Ireland, the United Kingdom, and North France used it to ward off ghosts by lighting sacrificial bonfires and by wearing costumes to trick the spirits according to uh, history.com. I just thought that was kind of interesting. Oh, boy. You know, um, one of the things as a, from a practical standpoint that I've really had my eye on uh, with Halloween is how to avoid getting sued. <laughs> Go figure. Go figure. People are trying to figure out whether to buy Heath bars or Reese's peanut butter cups, and I'm thinking about how to clear obstacles out of the front lawn so kids and parents don't trip over them. Um, you know, one of the ways that parents can uh, – lawsuit-proof their homes, um, they can really take a look at whether or not there are dangerous conditions existing. You know, I, I made this point when we all got back out trick-or-treating post-pandemic, and I think now we're kind of back into the groove a little bit, but I just remember that first year, you know, we were kind of out of practice, so you saw people like, you know, stepping off of curbs and people putting lanterns where they shouldn't be. I think we're kind of now back into the groove where you want to make sure you've got a clear path to the door if you are one of those houses handing out, handing out candy. Um, 
and I would also say, you know, one thing we have really kind of moved away from is live fire in jack-o'-lanterns. I remember growing up, there used to be candles out in front of the homes. And nowadays, it's just, you know, you don't want to catch a costume on fire or spark something else. And, you know, we're very, very cautious and careful to make sure that it's an enjoyable holiday. Um, the sugar rush will keep us up all night, but we also want to make sure we can sleep easy at the end of it because we didn't create any dangerous conditions. Oh, absolutely. And one of the things that I'm the most concerned with, Wendy, is like uh, I'll be maybe uh, doing some shopping errands or something right about the time it's starting to get dark, you know, that twilight area. Yes. uh, According to uh, the Insurance Institute for Highway Safety, fatality accidents are most likely to occur in the 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. time range. And here's another scary statistic. Children are more than twice as likely to be hit by a car and killed on Halloween than any other day of the year. And I'm constantly worried about those little kids, like, darting out, you know, kind of like jaywalking, not even at a crosswalk. So I think all of us need to be especially careful when we're driving out there. You know, that's a really good point, Larry, and it brings me to this trend that's been around for years, uh, reflective easy to spot Halloween costumes. And it's funny so many kids go as ghosts because at least that's white and it reflects the light. I worry, as you pointed out, about kids and parents in black clothing. Black clothing without reflectors, without lights, without any of the indicia that you're there. You know, thank God that joggers uh, have so many ways to to really make themselves seen so they don't get hit by cars. So too with Halloween costumes. I am always just a huge fan of costumes that are super easy to see. And you know, last year, one of the trends that I noticed, maybe you could tell me if you had this in your neighborhood, there were costumes that were covered with LED lights. I mean, they were like walking billboards and and I just thought, you know, praise the Lord. That's one less kid that's going to be in danger because somebody isn't going to see him. It's hard not to see him. But let me also argue the other side of that. What we don't want to have is drivers taking their eyes off the road because they're distracted by a costume that is over the top and they don't see what's right in front of them. So I think one of the other trends that we're seeing is the maybe making areas where you turn the neighborhood into a pedestrian area. I know in other parts of the country, they've had areas that have been uh, revamped into temporary Barbie land that has really been a theme this year. And the streets are closed. Those pink strobe lights are going around and they're all set to really enjoy the holiday without worrying about cars getting anywhere near these walk parties. So too in San Diego, I understand. Well, I've seen it happen. I've seen it, uh, like in the area I live where they close down entire blocks. They literally, you know, close them off to, to uh, car traffic and so forth. But, yeah, if you have reflective tape, you could put on the costumes or those glow sticks. I think they call them glow sticks or even flashlights to help you uh, uh, as the little kids go by and, uh, you know, go door to door. And if you're under, I would say, age 12, you probably want to consider having some parents along where they – accompany the kids so you can see the doors uh, that the kids are going up to. And, of course, you want to be in in good neighborhoods that are safe, uh, and I'm sure that the parents are going to already take care of that. Uh, But there's so many things you can do to be safe. 
You know, parents have um, a variety of motives to want to accompany their kids trick-or-treating. Number one motive is candy. (laughs) Just kidding. That's number two. Number one is keeping your kids safe. You know, some parents have admitted that Halloween is the one night you get to actually have a look inside your neighbor's homes. Um, Not because you want to see if their decor is prettier than yours, but so you can see your neighbor's. It's a great opportunity to meet and greet. And that's another thing that these block parties really do is they bring the neighborhood together. And, you know, now that we're all able to gather again, it's a great opportunity to get to know everybody. Um, And, you know, when you mention if your kid's under 12, if they're whatever age they are, if they don't mind, you know, mom and dad tagging along, it's a family opportunity to get to go out and spend some time together. Um, It's also an opportunity for us to talk just because we're both lawyers. Uh, There have been, as I understand it, Larry, some pretty high-profile lawsuits that you've detailed that have all sort of been, had the central theme of, you almost assume the risk if you go into a haunted house, people are going to jump out and scare you, or you almost assume the risk if you go into an unstable area that's that's built up to be something that it's really not, that that might be treacherous, and you might want to choose the right shoes to do something like that, right? Well, sure. I, I can tell you a couple of interesting uh, law cases. One is Perlito versus Johnson & Johnson, where Frank Perlito and his wife Susan attended a costume party dressed as Little Bo Peep and her sheep. And he made a outfit made out of Johnson & Johnson, uh, Johnson & Johnson cotton balls. Well, Mr. Perlito lit a cigarette, which caused the costume to catch fire, and he, he got burned pretty badly. But when they... Uh, brought the lawsuit, it was shown that Johnson & Johnson's failure to warn was not found to be the proximate cause of his injury. So they didn't recover anything, but uh, hopefully people are not using cotton balls to make their costumes out of. Uh, that's one example. Uh, and then there's another example where they, uh, this uh, woman went into a haunted house, and uh, her name was Deborah Mays. And uh, when you go into a haunted house, you kind of assume the risk you're going to be scared, that people are going to kind of shock you. Well, when a man jumped out and yelled, she went running. She crashed face first into a cinder block wall that was covered with a black cloth. She broke her nose in two places. Oh, and, boy. Uh, she was not able to recover either because it's assumed if you go into a haunted house, you know that you're going to be scared. And her reaction was, I guess, considered an overreaction. But those are just two examples. There's others. You know, and, and there are others. And, you know, one thing that we always consider when we're reading through these, these Halloween lawsuits, for example, where you have a, a, an activity that's advertised and, you know, you don't have everybody signing a consent form at the door. In other words, you can imagine there's go- something's going to happen. I hate to say it, especially if it's dark. Uh, that's the whole point. You don't see what's there. Uh, there's, there's lots and lots of people that are, are crammed in there together. Uh, one thing that uh, we really want to look at is, is that a trend that is continuing to be a popular way to spend the evening? Or have we moved a bit away from the, the haunted house model? And I say that because during the pandemic, you know, we'll, we never saw we never saw any of that. And then there was kind of this healthy respect for social distancing as maybe a trend that we might see continuing. So, you know, I'm almost, we're almost at the end of the show, but have you seen that trend too to kind of maybe gravitate more towards open spaces and putting everybody in a small house and cramming it with people jump, designed to jump out and scare you? Yeah, I would. Uh, I don't see that many advertisements for uh, that kind of uh, Halloween feature, but uh, 
and I, I think you're right. Maybe the trend is changing on that. But just a couple other quick tips. Uh, if you're a homeowner, uh, consider giving things other than edibles. Like you could give out glow sticks, uh, what's called spider rings or vampire fangs, pencils, bubbles, bouncy balls, finger puppets, whistles, bookmarks, stickers, and stencils. <laughs> could be a safer way to do things. Yeah. And, uh, also, if you have little kids, uh, you got to be a little bit aware that their food has not been tampered with. So I would maybe feed them dinner before they go out trick-or-treating so they're not tempted to, to eat the candy right away. They'll bring it home so you can closely examine the treats and throw any that look like they're spoiled or unwrapped or they've been, they're suspicious. And yes, unfortunately, we have these things called cannabis edibles. We gotta be yeah. Careful. Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that right at the end of the show. Thank God. Parents, be aware of cannabis edibles. They're too easy to get, and you don't want to, God forbid, have your children ingesting any of that or yourself. All right, everybody, that is our Halloween edition. Have a wonderful and safe Halloween. You're listening to Today with Dr. Wendy. Headlines at the Silver Lining. Thank you for joining us, and have a blessed week. We'll see you next Saturday. Thank you for joining us for Today with Dr. Wendy. You can learn more about Dr. Wendy and how to become a guest or sponsor of the show by visiting wendypatrickphd.com. That's wendypatrickphd.com. Tune in every week at this same time as Dr. Wendy will engage and inspire you with an upbeat viewpoint on the highlights of the day. This has been Today with Dr. Wendy on The Answer San Diego. Since 1991, the nonprofit National Law Center for Children and Families has been fighting to protect children from sexual exploitation. The National Law Center offers the latest investigative training techniques to police, probation officers, and prosecutors on fighting sexual predators and human traffickers. The NLC also offers human trafficking awareness training to members of the public. Schedule a training for your church or organization today by visiting nationallawcenter.org. That's nationallawcenter.org. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.